When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Bonner looking to get cold side of Bonner. Bonner away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Elm Park Royals post-match podcast. We are reviewing, of course, an away game, which means, of course, it is another loss. Reading now 11, 11 losses from their last 12 away games, dating back to the very first day of the year at West Bromwich Albion. Not a happy hunting ground going away, going away from home, but... To review today's game, we've got two very, very good guests. We've got Eric Oregard coming in all the way from Singapore. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? All good. All good. I'm surprising I beat after an away loss. It's weird. I was talking to Alex about it um, on the way back. And um, yeah, we'll get on to that, that part. But yeah, surprising upbeat. And um, we've also got podcast debutant. We've got Caroline on. How are you doing? Good morning. Yes, not too bad. How are you? All good. All good. Yes, um, I, I I don't know why I'm so upbeat after after a loss. It's it's a weird feeling, but um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll dive a bit into the game um, and talk about because that that there was a lot of positives to 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 talk about. I think, but um, first off, the team news. There was two changes. I think Binden came in or came out. Sorry, he had a concussion. Came in for um, Harley Dean, and also Femi Aziz came back into the team. Um, Caroline, how what were your thoughts kind of on that on that team? team lineup when it came out I, I think that's the team that we you know with obviously we had the concussion didn't it so but you know Bindon was going to be gone so I think that that team seemed the most expected lineup so there weren't really any surprises for me um and he's sticking with the youth you know we haven't really seen many of the old guard come back in and I think that's where that's where we've had the most success this season, and that's certainly where they've looked the most exciting. So, yeah, it wasn't a surprising lineup for me, no. No, uh, Carol and Carol Holmes, Nesta Guinness Walker, not even on the bench again. So, I think it's quite clear what's happening on um, uh, on that front. The only surprise potentially, Eric Aziz coming back in. Were you happy with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because Aziz has uh, struggled at times, but. Uh, judging by Celis's comments after the game, he was quite complimentary of Aziz's movement and said, stick with him, keep patient, which is, is nice, isn't it? That a manager is giving faith to still a relatively young player, right, Aziz? We've got to remember, even though he's been in the team, he's still a young player. So, I mean, I, I'm not his biggest fan at times, but for now, happy to go with the manager, which is let's give him a chance and let's hope he can gain some confidence and hit some form. And I think the best way to do that would be um, 
with the assist that he got, which I'm sure we'll talk about. No, absolutely. And still 22. So, yeah, still still very young. But we we started off the game and to be to be honest, it started a very open, very high tempo game, seemingly um, both teams going at it both teams high pressing and both teams wanting to play it out wide and kind of go down the wings. Um, the first chance, chance really came, I think it was Savage. He had a shot from the edge of the box. It was crossed back to him from the right again. Um, I mean, Eric, how did you, what did you think of the start? Yeah, I, th- I thought straight away that Exeter looked better than pretty much most of the opposition that we've faced so far this season. Even the other defeats that we've had, Peterborough, Port Vale, they didn't look as organised or with a clear plan. You could tell what Exeter were wanting to do. And I think for the first five, 10 minutes, we were a little bit surprised, I think, or maybe not surprised is the right word, but we were definitely um, on the back foot for quite a lot of that first half, uh, which is, yeah, credit to Exeter. They uh, they were aggressive. They were at home. Um, a team coming down from League One, you wouldn't expect much different. But I, I was a bit surprised because, you know, Exeter finished 14th, I think, last year in League One. Um, but for the first uh, portion of the game and pretty much most of the first half, they did outplay us a little bit, um, which wasn't great. Yeah, it didn't take them long, I think, to get a, a hold on the game. Past about the first 10, 15 minutes, they really started to start exploiting our right-hand side. And I mean, the first chance really came from, it was uh, Carroll from from the midfield, not not Reading's Carroll. Um Exeter's Carroll. Tom Carroll. Uh, Tom, Tom Carroll. Tom Carroll. It's yes. Um, and he shot from about 25 yards and it just brushed the post. I mean, it was it started to be warning signs, didn't it, Caroline, at that point? Because as as Eric said, Exeter were getting more into the game. They were exploiting more and more our left hand side, their right. Um, that's a topic we'll come on to in a minute. But um, but yeah, they slowly came into the game and the next real well, the point from there, they soon capitalised on their pressure and got a goal. It was um, coming, wasn't it? I mean, they were they were dominant for the pretty much the entire first half. You, you know, it was they like you say they were getting joy on both flanks. I think that both fullbacks were really struggling the first half, um, and you know, they, I think one came off the post and then Button collected it, didn't he? And it was just chance after chance. And if they'd had their shooting boots on and just been a bit more ruthless in front of goal they could have been outside uh and i was pleased to get to half time with the score that it was frankly yesterday but they looked organized they had a plan didn't they they knew how we were going to set up and they dealt with us perfectly and we didn't react quick enough i don't think they did i mean harley dean commented it on on it after the game that you know fair play to exeter they did their homework and um like like I say, it was it was interesting because it was very similar to a Reading style of or a Seller style of play, high pressing, playing down the wings. Um, you talk of both fullbacks, they they struggled. Um, you know, I think. But when when the goal did come, um, I mean it was it was a corner routine, short corner, crossed then in um from I think it was Tom Carroll um who gets the ball in and it's an unmarked header for uh it was Amos. Amerson, the captain captain yeah big yeah. big, big will, header will Ameson, yeah um yeah it was a good i mean carol was probably one of their better players on the day um exeter's uh, he played really well and yeah it was a pretty straightforward goal in the end but it did feel like caroline said it did feel like it was coming what was the what was the feeling in this stadium matt because you were there whereas caroline and i weren't what 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 was the atmosphere like and what was the feeling like during that first half 
just before that goal, really positive because David Button just made a very, very good save and tipped it around the post. Um, shame it then came to nothing because obviously then we conceded after. But um, I think there was a lot. There was a lot of trepidation because uh, Exeter took took control that first half. You know, like like I say, after the first ten minutes, it was kind of all Exeter. It was that down both flanks. We just couldn't control, and we we couldn't even get out seemingly in the middle. Um, that was one of the most frustrating things. Um, you, you know, Savage and Hutchinson were a bit elusive, really, in that midfield, and every time it would kind of go out wide try and put a ball into the channel, and there wasn't a runner there. Um, and Exeter were just cleaning everything up. Um, so so really it was it was really lucky i think well i think a lot of fans were feeling quite lucky that you know when harvey nibs popped up with um with the goal and i mean caroline you you, you said we were lucky or you were happy to get in at 1-1 one, one. it was i was absolutely shocked that we went in at one all you know i would have taken one nil down at half time absolutely we've got we've gotten away with one and then you know we got that free kick didn't we had that one opportunity out of nothing and then Aziz gets the ball on the right, and the, the you know he's dribbled the ball across the goal at such a slow pace. I mean, it had no right to get to Nibs. How that ball got to Nibs, I don't know. It was shocking defending from Exeter, and it's just sort of slow mo got got to Nibs, and then he's put it away. But you just think, oh wow, I'll take that one all at half time. Thank you very much. Um, it was a really nice um, composed finish, Caroline from Nibs. Yeah, she took a touch and beat the defender. Yeah, they gave him too much time, though. That ball should never have gone to him. If I was an Exeter player, I'd have been screaming at half-time because it was so undeserved for us to go in at one all. But, hey, that's football. Yeah, I think I, I think as well it was Pierce Sweeney as well, I think, that missed the tackle or kind of um, the ball dribbles in front of him, doesn't deal with it, tries a slide tackle in front of Nibs and Nibs just brings it back. It's um, It was very calm from, from Harvey yeah. Nibs, maybe benefiting a bit from this new uh, added time um, as well that are going on Always in games. So I think players, Matt, as well, isn't there? Pierce Sweeney, ex Reading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it was it was interesting. It, it was interesting. Um, uh, the chap I went with, Dean, he, um, uh, he said he can't believe how fat Sweeney's got. Um, he, <laughs> he, he, he did look a bit like um, that he harsh. would... A little bit harsh, maybe, but it, it did look a bit like he was on or should have been on a Sunday league pitch, but he was on the winning team. So I'm sure he would have been happier than a Reading defender at the end. Um, kind of going into half time then, I mean, like, like say changes had to be made. Sellers mentioned it after um, that, you know, they weren't intense enough. You know, they weren't, they just couldn't break out from the press um, from that. And um, uh, a couple of changes were made at half time. Vickers, both, well, Vickers came off and so did uh, Mbenge come off. I think it was, um, I mean, right changes probably. And Benge at that point was on a yellow card as well. It was a silly yellow as well, wasn't it? And Benge's mm. one, if I kicked the ball away, didn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw it into the ground, and that's a yellow card every time now. You know, I mean, pe people, people in the crowd were kind of umming and ahhing and being like, "How is that yellow card?" It's that's a yellow card every day now. You know, we we've seen this all through the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, why did he do that? So obviously there was frustration building, but yeah, totally right substitutions for me. Um, yeah, well needed. Yeah, nice to see as well from from Sellers actually, because after that equaliser, you could easily have a manager that says, okay, let's let's start the second half with what we've got. We're going to keep going with the plan. But actually, it was quite obvious in the first half that we were under the cosh a little bit, and two of the players. I mean, Vickers, fair enough, he's. He's he's a good player, but he wasn't the most effective in the in the first half. So he made the change. 
And the same, Mbenga was a very frustrated card. figure in that first half. He because... was frustrated, yeah. Mm. And and Mbenga was on that yellow card and also didn't have a great game. So he made those changes, got Yeardam on and got Ben Elliott on. And actually, Ben Elliott, I think, had quite a lot of good touches and some really positive play. Interesting to see if he uh, can stay in the team or, or, or start in the team in the near future. So I thought that he was looks a positive. good, doesn't he? He, does he look looks good. good. I I've really like the last Caroline, do you think? Say that again. Like he's got a bit of class. Like oh, hundred percent. His touch looks. He looks. He looks a real intelligent player. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I think. I think he's going to end up being one of the first names on the team sheet once he's up to full speed. He looks yeah. a class act to me. The only question for me with him, with Elliot, is what is his best position? Because we sort of played him sort of on the wing, but I think he's more of a central midfielder. And we've also got those central midfielders. So it'll be interesting, Matt. What? What was the feeling again in the stadium around that one, Matt? I think a lot of people like Ben Elliott, you know, and and I think the midfield, I think, is in a good place. It didn't have the best first half kind of um, against Exeter. But you can see the quality that I think that we've got in quite a few players there. You know, you look at, you know, Savage, Hutchinson, who again had a had a pretty pretty good game, I think made, made a number of crunching tackles in there. Um, but... I've seen a lot of people compare him to Swift, you know, at the moment. Um, I think it's a bit early for that. You know, we'll need to see a bit more kind of end product. Um, whether he finds his position as a deep line midfielder, or one of these almost like wide attacking midfielders, you know, that Aziz and Nib seems to play, I think yet to be seen. But you can see that he's been in a, um, a top academy for a lot of his career. Um, you know, I think with Ben Elliott and um, again, had, you know, a, pretty good kind of um, second half I'd, I'd be excited to see on Tuesday how he does against Ipswich because I could imagine that he probably starts against Ipswich um, so um, so yeah it would be, be good to see him in that tough game that Ipswich as well because they're flying very no very tough game I think you know it will... I think how it the team will look why not though I think reading a his you know we we always bring our best game for the best opponents that's kind of how you know I I think I think we might give them a decent go um I, I think they should be embracing that challenge I'm quite looking forward to watching that um I, I think I think they're going to do well I mean I'm expecting Ipswich to come out the other side of it but I, I think we'll put up a good fight yeah yeah no I I, I, I agree um one thing that was very nice right at the start of the second half at Exeter, jumping back onto the game, um, minutes applause for Freeman Dolan. Um, there was a nice um, pre-match moment as well um, where, where, where the stadium announced it did a lovely piece on um, on Eamon Dolan as well. I mean, I mean, Caroline, talk, talk to us a bit about, about Eamon Dolan and kind of um, oh, the, the nice occasion. Mm. I mean, you, you look at the likes of Jem and all the players that came through the Reading Academy. And he's one of those football figures that, much like McDermott, in that everybody has nothing but positive things to say about, you know, he was a real man-manager, really instilled self-belief in the players and, you know, helping loads of young academy kids achieve their dreams. And no, everyone's got nothing but high praise for Eamon Dolan. And so many of, of the Reading um, ex-players are just couldn't be more complimentary and that kind of that's a testament to just how big of uh, a figure he was for Reading and for Exeter so I think that was really lovely actually yesterday and I'm sure I'm sure he would have been very proud 
um and it's, it's quite nice i mean that's one of the good things about coming down to league one i suppose is little moments like this we've got to take them but i think yeah i think that was lovely a really lovely gesture and yeah he was a brilliant guy and unfortunately we, ha we haven't had enough characters like that at the club in recent years have we he's been yeah well i think like it's it almost feels like um it almost turned into almost a bit of a friendly uh, atmosphere, Matt, rather than uh, like a fierce rivalry, like because of the connection that Eamon Dolan brings to both the clubs and because of this moment, it feels like we, we came we came away from the game and it's like, yeah, those those Exeter guys, they're, they're all right, even though they've just beaten us. But what was it like in the stadium to hear that minutes applause? It sounded great on the on the stream. I mean, all all three and a half stands that Exeter have there were all, all all upstanding you know i mean you've got the terrace on the other on, on the other side of the pitch but yeah it was it was a lovely moment it was really nice and both benches as well which i thought was a lovely gesture as well you had you had all right. um, everyone on the bench all, all upstanding as well which yeah you know i think it was a great tribute to to a great man to be honest um you know and i think there's not really much rivalry between between reading and Exeter. it it, it, it was it was very it was a very nice actual day and occasion. I mean, just talking about the atmosphere a bit, it's it was actually nice to go to um, a ground like Exeter. Um, it felt a bit like a cup tie. Um, I know that might sound a bit kind of arrogant and kind of big headed from 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 a from a Reading fan kind of saying that, but um, you know, these are the away days that you know we've got got this season, and um, it's it was nice to kind of go go in and and, and enjoy it. Um, certainly, that I guess the second half performance probably made it easy or until the last five minutes made it easier to, to kind of think that but um but but yeah kind of in the second half jumping back to the game reading really kind of got back into got back into this game the changes happened sellers they they stopped the 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 wing play a lot and kind of how good extra were at the press in the first half against reading reading were equally as good in the second half they were pressing well they were breaking out they were using the midfield more as well which again was a problem in the first half um, when Ben Elliott came on, he was um, instrumental kind of in that. He was dropping deep, he was spreading passes out, playing passes through the middle. Um, and really, apart from a mistake from Carson early on in that early on that first half, where he kind of stands on the ball and they, they, maybe on another day they score there. But apart from that, it was really all Reading. And I mean, Femi Aziz has a great chance um, early in the second half, um, Eric, where Ia Bishman does some brilliant work down the left, crosses the ball in and um, Femi nips it onto the post. Yeah, big, big Kelv, I think, had a great game yesterday. He's You can tell the confidence is growing since he's scored those goals. And um, yeah, it was a great cross and you really want Aziz to get that on target. I was kind of hoping, as I alluded to earlier, that the assist maybe gave some confidence to Aziz. But as Caroline mentioned, the assist might not have been on purpose. That cross wasn't the best. But however... You'd really hope that Aziz gets that shot on target. You'd expect him to get that shot on target. It wasn't far off. It hit the post, but I I was almost celebrating at home um, until it hit the post. It was over in a flash, wasn't it? So, yeah, a great shame. I felt for Aziz yesterday because he had another shot that just skimmed past the post. I, I, I thought he'd scored that. Um, just, God, yeah. if, it, if, it, if it goes in, you know, this could really transform the start of the season for you. I really felt for him because it was so close. Um, and, it, yeah, it's a shame he didn't get his name on the sort of score sheet. He should, he should have scored yesterday. But, the you know, the second chance. Yeah, yeah no, just quick, quick one, one on that second chance. Yeah, it, like it was, it was a really nice bit of play as well in the midfield for yeah. me. Abishman again, kind of picking it up, 
passing it to Elliot and the pass through from Elliot. I mean, the run from Aziz is brilliant. You know, I mean, you 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 saw that where the ball needed to go really early um, in the stand. He had so much space on the right, but I think it was just on his weak foot. And it's just, um, I mean, Eric and I kind of discussed it before. It's one of those which you just wish he kind of, I guess, fluffs the shot a bit because you've actually got Ia Bisherman kind of coming in on the far post and he's actually probably only a couple of yards away from a tap-in on the back post. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was desperately disappointing that he couldn't score that. I think a lot in the in the stand as well thought it was going to be in there. It was um, very close, Caroline. It was. I thought it was in. I thought he'd scored. Um, oh, bless him. He'll get one. He, I, I really think he's going to get one. He'll get that monkey off his back. And I think he might just, you might just see all of a sudden some key moment and bang, he's off. I, I really think that could happen with disease. Mm. I hope so. We certainly got the backing of the manager at the moment. I think yeah. I think the manager believes in what what he does do and um, and everything on that side. I mean, from from there that they were probably the two big chances for Reading in that second half, and they were big chances. Um, the longer the game went on, one thing that we've talked about with Reading so far this season has been fitness. It seemed better yesterday because I think I mean Kelvin and Aziz by about 80, 85 minutes. I mean they looked like that they were just completely spent there. They were on their knees half the time. Um, but it's nice seeing them getting to 80 minutes because, I mean, previously it was about 45 minutes and everyone looked looked absolutely knackered. Um, Exeter start coming back into the game a little bit towards towards the back end of the game. Um, and it's just, it's something with Reading away from home. We concede, we lose, and often we concede quite late seemingly in recent years and to, or yesterday it was the 93rd minute Eric yeah it was a shame like we had a free kick only like a minute before um in the in Exeter's half and Hutchinson's hit it short uh to Yeardom Yeardom's tried to dribble lost the ball and lo and behold Exeter go up the other end and score it's like a long throw it gets it bounces down at the edge of the box I think Abby struggled a little bit with the striker and then Reese Cole hits, to be fair to him, a really good half volley. Uh, what else can you say other than it's a great finish? But it's just gutting when we were actually in Exeter's half a minute before and you have a free kick and you're wanting them to hit it into the box. Like, just put it in the box and see if we can win a header or a flick on or something. But instead, we go short to Yeardom. And I think I said on Twitter afterwards, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame from two senior pros, Hutchinson and Yeardom, to do that so late in the game and... We kind of lost our concentration a little bit. And, yeah, absolutely gutting to lose that late. So, I think overall, on balance, Exeter were the better team in the first half. We were the better team in the second half. And a draw might have been fair. I uh, don't know what you think, Carolina, that. I mean, I think if you go back to Ince days, you know, <laughs> it, we'd have conceded in the 95th minute because we were camped outside our own box waiting for the goal. This is a very yeah. different goal scored, right? You know, let's yeah. get some context here in terms of where we used to be. You know, we, like you say, we were attacking just before that goal and bang, they've gone up the other end. I think Hutchinson should have made a better decision, I agree, in, in the lead up to the goal. But I felt like, if I'm being honest... Exeter probably were the better team overall. I mean, if I take the emotion out of it, 2-1 might be fair. Like They really should have been out of sight by half-time, really, yeah. for taking their chances. And I think they probably had more of the game than we did. We were definitely the better team second half, but then they did come back at us in the last period of the second half. So I can't really come away from that thinking we've been really hard done by. I think it's just the manner of the fact 
it's an injury time goal is always a sucker punch, you know. Um, and they will get better at game management and seeing out injury time. And But I, I kind of like the fact that we were going for the jugular. And, and fans have said all along, fairly consistently, we'd rather see a young Reading team going for it and, go, and lose that way than just waiting to concede. So, you know, if that's things like yesterday are going to happen, you know, if they're going for it, we've got to accept that there's going to be a few last-minute defeats, but equally, there might be quite a few last-minute victories. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those seasons, isn't it? Yeah, bang on. Anything but Innsbruck is what we're at. That's where we're at. Anything but Paul Innsbruck. I completely yeah. agree. I mean, you talk you talk about kind of the anything but Innsbruck, and it's it's like I probably think it's probably why I felt kind of upbeat towards the end or leaving the stadium, to be honest, because, I mean, it's a 93rd-minute loss and yes we've not lost another game it's 11 in 12 you know losses one point in 12 away games and everything and they've got to find a way to change this at some point but you can see something being being built in this team and i think that's it's not i don't think it's anyone trying to overhype the start i don't think it's anyone trying to be overly positive about the start it's just fans have i think finally got something to get behind in this reading team you know they've got a crop of young players um which a lot of them have really bright f- futures, you have to say. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've still got a club here to support this year. There was so much, you know, in the summer not knowing. Um, and it's just nice to just have a football club. And I think a lot of fans have become much more appreciative of that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, a, a couple of players to kind of pick out from from that from that game. I mean, Kelvin Ebishman um, had another really great game. I mean, Caroline, you love him. I mean, what what are your thoughts kind of on him? He's so strong. He's such a physical presence. I'm shocked. When I was watching him under Noel Hun, I I mean, obviously, you know, he's not that different a player. It's only a few months ago, right? But I just, he just looks so, like, absolutely confident, strong, powerful, holds the ball up well. I feel like he's got everything. I really, he really, really looks good to me. I'm thinking, who is this player? Um, this season, he looks he looks fantastic. I really, really like the look of him. Saying all that, we really need another striker in, yeah. um, <laughs> desperately. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I really like him. Yeah, I mean, Eric, touch of Zhao, maybe about him, kind of with his with his ball control and everything. A little bit, yeah. Good skills for a big man, and mm-hmm. uh, I agree with Caroline. We need another striker. Like we we were really unlucky to lose Sam Smith because in in pre season, because you think if Sam Smith had those two chances that. Uh, Aziz had perhaps we're sitting here talking about three points. Um, he um, scored a lot of goals in League One last year, so you'd hope that he can come into the team and do the same same for us. But overall, like Caroline said, it's nice to have a team that goes for it. We're gonna we're gonna lose some, we're gonna win some. We saw that at Millwall. We do have the potential to win away. Um, we were just on the wrong side of it yesterday. You do think though. Sooner or later, you just feel like this team is just going to click and they're just going to have one of those absolute boss performances where everything goes wrong, right and they're going to, you know, they, they could easily really start tonking people. A couple of a couple of the good sign-ins just for some injury cover, which does concern me at the moment because we are live. But I feel like you can see where they're going, can't you? You can see the trajectory. They're getting fitter. They're working hard. You know, there's not, you know... We want to, all we want to see is they're them trying their guts out and working hard and they're clearly taking instruction. They're clearly bought into what Celis is doing. Um, or you can see that there's a plan. I think people just need to be patient. Um, 
you know, everyone said in the summer, oh, we won't even have a team in August, you know, trust the process, trust the process. And then after three games, oh, this is a joke, you know, why are we losing? It's like, well, come on, guys, you know, pretty much all the teams never played in League One before. What do you expect? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's a point as well, Caroline. Like each of the, all of these youngsters, every game that they play is a, a big learned lesson, right? Like they've all or a lot of them quite new to first-team football. So they're going to gain experience with each game that goes. And hopefully uh, we can build on that and mount somewhat of a of a playoff push, maybe. You never know. I did raise one point on Twitter, which people, I as a Reading fan, I'm when we've had good seasons, often they've started poorly and we've got better and better as the season's gone. So for me, this is a good omen, right? You look where we were under Paul Lintz in October last year. We were near the top of the championship and we were playing away at QPR to be fighting out for the top two spots, if I recall correctly. Look how that turned out. So let's not be so pessimistic, guys. I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. And I, I think you give it a month, six weeks, this team really could be cooking. That's why. Yeah, I and Matt was saying he came away from the game that he was fairly positive, which I don't know if it's because you're numb now, Matt, because you've been to so many away days and seen us play poorly and lose. But you, you it said it could so well be. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's just I wasn't with Alex. Right? <laughs> there's 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 a lot to be positive about, you know. Um, yeah, like I think there's when you compare the team situation now to where it was, kind of, you know, even even towards the back end of kind of the Inst tenure, um, you know, I think there's a way to lose games um you know if you're in a competitive match and you know and it and it's very close it could go either way that was what yesterday's game was like i mean caroline you mentioned it that it could have gone either way you know on another day we win that on another day it's a draw yesterday unfortunately it was next to win it was one of those games um you're going to have them we can only hope that they probably even themselves out over the season similar with the peterborough game to be honest on the first day of the season we were probably unlucky to finish that game on the wrong side of a of a of a one nil loss, um, I think there's lots to be positive about with this team. But I mean, looking at kind of how we turn this around, kind of from here, because there there is you know that monkey on the shoulder or kind of whatever you want to say, you know that this team just can't win away from home. How well, does can. this team? I'm sorry they... to interrupt, Matt. They can. They've won away at Millwall with this team. To a championship team that had pretty much a full strength team out in that cup game. I I just I don't think it's the bigger monkey that people think it is. Is that even a phrase? I, I think it's coming. It's coming. People just need to be patient. I think people are doing Exeter a disservice. They were decent yesterday. They were pretty good. You know, and I, I think, think Exeter will comfortably be... be top ten, I think, just yeah. just putting it out there. I think and to be and to be honest. I think I, I I heard someone. I think it was an extra fan as well when I left that, that that they were saying both these teams are probably going to be top ten at the end of the season. So again, like I think there was a, quite a lot of extra fans that were um, impressed with with Reading yesterday. Yeah, and I think Matt, like um, we haven't played with this team away in the league game yet. Support so Vale, we had the the old guard in, and we it was a shocking performance. I think we all agree on that. And then we went and beat Millwall, and then. I think yesterday we just came up against quite a good Exeter side, like well organised with a clear plan, played well, and took their chances. More importantly, right, the two clear cut chances they had, they took. So yeah. I'll, I'll be Caroline. I do think we can win away. 
if we come up against a team perhaps that's not the same style as uh, Exeter, Exeter are kind of a bit more similar to us in the way that they want to press and they want to pass. If we come up against another team like Millwall or that plays like Millwall, then this we might be more of a mismatch. So I do think it's coming as well. I agree with that. Um, we need to give this team of young players uh, a fair chance. They've played one uh, away game in the league, which was yesterday. And yeah, it didn't go our way, but it wasn't a complete disaster by any means, as we've been discussing. Yeah, no, I completely agree kind of with everything you've said there, Eric, to be honest, and Caroline. Um, 1,291 Reading fans made the trip down to Exeter yesterday. Amazing. Um, well done to everyone. Great. Great, great following. I mean, I know kind of everyone's enjoying kind of, I guess, the different scenery that League One kind of brings, but hopefully we'll start seeing some um, some reward for those uh, for, the, for those Hardy fans that are travelling and kind of Reading fans in general um, are travelling. Next up in the league, um, skipping ahead from the Millwall gangs, so obviously we've got Millwall in the Cup coming on Tuesday. Um, not Millwall, Ipswich. Why did I say oh, well, Millwall's last time? That's who we've already beaten, yeah. That's who we've already beaten. Yeah, Ipswich in the Cup. Ipswich in the Cup on Tuesday will be a tough game, probably a heavily changed side. But the next chance we've got to kind of rid ourselves of this away day omen is Cambridge away. They've started very well, though. I think they're they're I think they've got ten points so far. They're right up at the top of the table after everyone kind of predicted that they were going to be a certainty for relegation. They were, they were top of the league at the start of yesterday, but they did lose to Leighton Orient away two 0 so they Gives slipped hope. down a little bit. But they were top of the league. I think they've got nine points. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it'd be a tough game at the Abbey, which is another old school kind of ground. I've actually been there, um, got friends who's Cambridge fan. Um, so, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. But again, a chance for this young team to go away. And Cambridge showed at Leighton Orient, they're definitely beatable on their day. So we, we could go there and give it our best shot. It would have been really nice to see Sam Smith um, back in the team, playing against his old team. But we will have Harvey Nibs, who we signed from, from Cambridge. Um, so hopefully he can do the old classic and score against his former team. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Caroline, are you are you excited for the for the, for the trip to Cambridge? Do you think we're going to take all three points? Um, I don't see why not. I, I think we're going to be having similar... You, you'd have a similar conversation before every game, which I think is exciting. We could win, we could lose, we could draw. Who knows? Uh, and I think the same applies. I think we'll, we'll have... We'll have intensity... Though they're going to want that monkey off their back. I think these bunch of kids have won away. They've done it in the cup at the championship to side. I don't think they're as broken by the previous era that we think they are. This is a new team. I, I think I think it's going to come. Um, so, so why the hell not? And frankly, I don't care where anyone is in the table after five games. It's five games. It's too early to be saying... These, these lot look like they could go up or not. It's far, far too early. Anyone can beat anybody in League One. You've seen that already um, with some of the results that have come out. You know, look at Wigan going and beating Bolton 4 0 away or whatever mm -hmm. it was last the week before last. Uh, anyone can beat anyone. We can definitely beat Cambridge. And hopefully by then, we, you never know, we might have got a couple of players through the door in the next five days. That's, that's my main concern, to be honest. is I think we will be able to pick up wins and do enough to be competitive this season. We are competitive. It's just whether we've got more bodies. Because I think once, if, if we get an injury crisis like we have done in the previous couple of seasons, we really are light. So I really hope Bowen is working hard over the next four days, five days, to get some bodies through the door. Uh, and that's my main worry now. 
really. Yeah, it was what, one of the negatives yesterday was obviously Mukairu coming off. He got subbed on and then got injured straight away. So that really concerning. You're hoping it didn't look good, right? It looked like some sort of muscle strain or something. So I don't know. Did you see what happened, Matt? Yeah, Sellers confirmed it after the game. It was a um, uh, it was a twisted ankle. I think he okay. he, he was running out onto the, the the well, he's running off the grass grass onto the asteroid turf, and I think he just twisted his ankle. Um, Guy, um, again, who I, um, I overheard on the way out said he got a bit of a knock from um, uh, one of one of the extra players. So I don't know if there was any kind of foul play there going on, but I think yeah, from what oh. what um, Seller said, it's a twisted ankle. You know, it, and those it could be, be anything from a couple of weeks to six weeks. That can't it if it's a twisted ankle. Like it's one of those you yeah. can't really tell, and it depends if there's ligament damage. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Then, I mean, he's looked he's looked lively since he's coming on. So it's a shame he's kind of um, got got an injury so early on. So it would be nice to have seen him play against. Um, uh against Ipswich but yeah. um but yeah he's probably not going to be available for that now so um I mean just to kind of um round it off Caroline it's your first time kind of on the podcast um you you've been part of a group that has obviously been instrumental in getting um ACV status obviously for for the um Medeski Stadium or SCL Stadium um mm. I think it'd be good just to kind of give us a bit of an um, overview of kind of what's happened with that what it means as well um what's the details behind it Sure. So I won't go into all the detail, but basically a number of football clubs will, um, there's a lot of football clubs in the country that have got the status of asset of community value for their stadium. Now, Reading did actually have that status um, some years ago, but it's lapsed under the current ownership. And we want to do all we can to make sure that Reading FC's assets are protected and, and we get to keep the stadium. And People may think, oh, you know, that's a bit pointless, but things can happen. We have seen instances in other clubs where they haven't been able to keep their grounds and, and things have gone against them and, and, it, and it, it's wrecked their futures. We don't want that. And yes, we've got all the other stuff about the ownership, which I won't go into today, but this is a key critical success factor for the club to make sure that we keep that, we keep that stadium and it's protected and Basically, this asset of community value status will ensure that, um, you know, there are certain legal ramifications around the landowner trying to do something with the stadium and not use it as a sports stadium. So um, the self-forward die group has, has been working with Reading Council. That application has gone in and the consultation ju has just closed. And we're, I think we get a decision mid-September. Um, but if we get that status, it's, it's a real tick in the box is a real piece of work well done because even the likes of Leeds United have done that big clubs have, have done this um so don't you know don't think it's not an important thing I would say because it, it really it really is so hopefully that's going to go our way which means that the council would fiercely oppose anything that contravene contravenes that stadium being used for anything other than sports so that's um so I've waffled a bit there but yeah it's really important it's a big thing Hopefully we get the decision in about two weeks' time. Um, and that's that's a really nice thing to have been involved in. So, um, is, it, is there anything fans can do, Caroline, to help with that? Uh, there's a, it's, the process is already, um, it's already underway. There's been a public consultation. I would be very surprised if it's not approved because it was already approved before. Um, yeah. It was lapsed. But, you know, that's where really these things should have been taken care of by the club. You know, we shouldn't be in this position where fan groups sorting this stuff out. Hey, we are. But we're doing it uh, and it's done and it's in. So um, 
I, I think we've had great support from Reading Council um, and they've actually helped us put this application together and told us what to do. We, we, we've, we've had good engagement with some of the council officers in terms of the property and the land law and um, restrictions around the stadium and the land it sits on. So they've, they've been super helpful. Um, yeah. So so that's, uh, that's, although we're not doing stuff on the pitch and people love a bit of a moan about protests, there's real concrete work going on behind this is one thing. So no, that's um, great. And perhaps you, could, um, perhaps you could come back on, Caroline, once there's an outcome and talk about the decision and what that means uh, on a future pod. Because that's, I think, interesting to all the fans to make sure that we are a bit more informed of what's going on behind the scenes. Because that really isn't in the public eye, right? Other than the good work that sell before we die and uh, and the likes of other fan groups are doing. So would you yeah, be up for that? Leeds United have only just had their ACV status um, given very, very recently. And, and they are a monster club. So if they're, you know, they're a much bigger club than us with probably owners that have got deeper pockets and they've got way more reach and, and they've seen a need to do it. So, you know, yeah. the fact that we're, we do need to do it uh, and, and we have. So, yes, I would be happy to come back and hopefully share some good news in a few weeks. Excellent. Well, it's been great having you on anyway today, Caroline, for your debut. Eric as well, um, joining us all the way from Singapore. Um, nearly your bedtime, I think, now. It's getting, getting up there. <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> I know I'm getting old, but that's taking the mick. <laughs> no, great, uh, great debut, Caroline. Really nice oh, to hear, you. hear your views. Hopefully you'll be back on often. Can I just say a quick little shout out to all you negative people moaning about the team? They're a bunch of kids. Just give them a break. It's going <laughs> to come good. It's going to come good. It will come good. I have absolute faith. This is and, that, come good. and that includes local BBC Radio Barks. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Goodness yeah. me. Trust the process. Trust, Trust the, the process. process. Let's Absolutely. give them a chance. Give them a fair chance. Uh, that's yeah. great. I love the message, Caroline. Spot on. No, it's perfect. Um, well, fingers crossed we do bounce back, obviously, with a win in, in uh, against Ipswich in the week um, and again with Cambridge coming up on Monday. Um, remember, it's not a weekend game. It's been moved, Joe, to the, the powers that be at Sky. So thank you very much for changing. Lovely weekend game for Monday night, Sky. Um, Thank you, everyone, obviously, for, for tuning in and listening. If you have enjoyed the podcast, of course, give us a five-star review. They go a long way um, to help us, obviously, in the podcast rankings and everything. Follow us on socials. Keep up to date. We'll be back, obviously, post uh, Ipswich, um, obviously, potentially reviewing that game. And, of course, Cambridge, so keep an eye out for those two podcasts on your feed. Until then, we'll catch you, obviously, on the next one. And, uh, yeah, as Caroline said, keep the faith. Keep the faith. They're only young. Speak to you on the next one.